is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So John is continuing this letter to this church. Remember we got a group of folks, several uh, authors describe them as secessionists. I like that. I thought that was an interesting term anyway. They got their doctrine all mixed up and they've left the church causing some turmoil, right? Well, they got their doctrine mixed up. Why? Because somebody started influencing them and bringing that false doctrine into their circles. And it caused them to have to leave. Okay, and we've talked about uh, a couple of chapters ago, we talked about Antichrist and what the term Antichrist actually means. We think of the person Antichrist that's going to be revealed during the tribulation, but that the term Antichrist actually, more generally speaking, just means anybody that is teaching not the truth. If they're teaching another truth or an, a false truth, it's not truth, it's a false doctrine, they're an antichrist. So what's that mean? What's that mean if they're an antichrist? And we're going to kind of, we're going to talk tough today on this. Um, John has given us a, a pretty stern warning here. He's saying, you know, we have two types of spirits that are in the world. Two types of spirits. And that's it. There's two. You have God and the angel of God, right? The angels of God. And he got Satan and his demons. Those are the two types of spirits that can have influence over us. You're following one of those types of spirits all the time, aren't you? You're following the influence that those spirits have on you or that those spirits have on somebody else who then influences you. And that's the kind of the warning John has given us. If you remember Ephesians 6.12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's a battle. It's war. I mean, the Bible calls it spiritual warfare that you're going to have. And, um, 
you know, this, you're going to be influenced by somebody. And there's some pretty, um, oh, influential people who tickle the ears and tickle the eyes out there even today that, and we know who those folks are, and we don't have to mention names. We've talked about some of them in the past. But if they're not teaching the full counsel of God, they're not teaching the full gospel of Jesus Christ, then they're teaching false doctrine, then they're antichrist, and they're influenced by Satan. That's the real truth. Now, one of those folks would probably take great offense to that, would they not? It's pretty clear, pretty clear scripturally. Verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Um, you're going to be you're going to hear all kinds of doctrinal statements if, if you read books, listen to podcasts, watch TV. Um, I have yet to find a good biblical channel on TV. I mean yeah, you have to be careful. Oh my goodness, some of the stuff even, you know, that are on the spiritual broadcasting mm -hmm. network, I think it's called and no, uh-uh. You know, they might have a, a, a different speaker now and again that I recognize that that I know is pretty solid, but most of it's junk. Absolute junk. So you can't be tossed to and fro from what everybody says. You got to be careful. I mean, um, that's why I love when they started our bookstore. Because Pastor and his staff have kind of screened this material ahead of time and said, this is appropriate for our membership. This is appropriate within our doctrine. This is appropriate. I know the author. I support <laughs> this man. And we can put this out. Because, you know, this is his... Um, his specialty. He, he's a spiritual person. We, he's the pastor. He's to to guard the flock against false doctrine and, and teach us the right way. And I think in my time here at Central, I've said over and over, I think this is one of the most doctrinally grounded churches I've ever been a part of. And he from time to time goes into these and not just teaches you here's the doctrine but here's why so that you can support it to yourself and, and convince yourself that no this is biblically grounded but that when challenged or when you hear somebody else preach or teach you can identify those false teachers quickly not ever believe not every spirit John says, try the spirits. I love that part. Try the spirits whether they are of God. It kind of goes back to what I was saying with Pastor. He's, I think he's taught us and the staff here very well and the programs that we have here in, at Central Faith Bible Institute being one of them. Um, when you hear something and they right, and I've sat in Faith Bible Institute and heard something from John Yates that I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. It happens. And I just kind of make a note and then I study it myself. I'm trying to spirit. Generally, it's on something not uh, 
one of those uh, deal breaker doctrinal items. It might be on something else, an interpretation of a, of a verse or of, of something else, but um, or do, or, or do you feel like you're, you're close enough with God, you're filled enough with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to be able to identify those things? I challenge you on that. If you're not sure, then we need to spend some time with God, spend some time in His book, and find some opportunities to uh, educate yourself, to be able to identify. I think now it's more important than ever. More important than ever to be able to identify those false teachers. Because remember, what are they? They're a mechanism of Satan is what they are. And if you get hooked in by that, the damage that can be done spiritually is significant. Now, are you going to lose your salvation over it? No. But could it draw you away from God? And away from that relationship? And away from the blessings that God has in store for you here and in heaven? Yeah. I mean, it could draw you away. So you got to be very careful. John goes on in verse 1, he says, Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Now, this is the first century. I mean, the population was relatively small back then compared to what it is now, right? So just think numbers-wise. How many false prophets were likely present during John's time? This had only been, what, Whoa, 60 years at the most since the crucifixion and resurrection. And he's saying since that time, there's a lot of false prophets out there. Satan is developing these false prophets to combat the true gospel. And that was in the first century. How many false prophets are out there today preaching something other than Jesus Christ in the true gospel. More so, why we got to be careful. We got to be careful. I found, I use this book for my studies. It's a um, expository commentary on First uh, John. But there was a section in it that I just had. I don't like just reading to you guys generally, but there's a section that was good. And I thought, I'm going to bring this, and I want to share this with you because it was, it, was, uh, it was pretty impressive, I thought. So if you'll spare me this time, I, I haven't done this very often, but uh, John Phillips is the author. He says, the plain... Holy Spirit requirement is believe not every spirit. Kind of what John's telling us. It's exactly what John's telling us. John gives us the reason. Why should we believe not every spirit? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. John remembered the Lord's parable of the wheat and the tares. About the man who sowed the good seed being followed by the enemy who sowed the tares. The field is... The world, the Lord explained. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, and the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. And I think, you know, sometimes we water that down. Sometimes we, we're, we're, we don't have a problem saying the good tares are from God, 
But sometimes we shy away from actually naming where the bad terrors come from. They're of Satan. And I don't think we say that as hard enough, probably. The whole purpose of the enemy is to deceive the human race. Right? The word deceive is found 19 times in the New Testament and is always has to do with the devil and his work. That's pretty telling right there. The devil does not destroy God's wheat because he can't do that. He can't destroy what God's made. So he imitates it. Wheat and tares look very much alike in the early stages of growth, but tares are not only worthless, they are poisonous. God sows his children into the world, and Satan sows his counterfeit agents into the world. Not all unbelievers are children of the devil. The vast majority are simple, unregenerate children of Adam. They're just, they don't know. They haven't been, somebody hasn't given them the true gospel. The sons of the devil are those people Satan has taught, inspired, energized, and sent forth as his emissaries. These people are influenced by Satan and are doing his bidding. <coughs> Anybody that teaches a false doctrine, you got to put in that category. They're doing Satan's bidding. Historically, every time God sends his anointed servants into the harvest field, Satan sows a crop of his own deceivers behind them. And, and this is what I kind of wanted to present. No sooner did God sow the apostles into the world than Satan sowed a crop of Judaizers, legalizers, and Gnostics along with a bevy of false messiahs. Think John's time. Sixty years. No sooner than Christ and the apostles came and they were sent out to share the word, now all these false doctrines are already springing up. The Jews never had a false Messiah until they rejected the true Messiah. Then they had a whole rash of them. No sooner did God sow Martin Luther into the world, and if you are familiar with any of his doctrinal stuff. Again, I'm not condoning uh, all of the, these individuals' teachings necessarily, but they were influential at times in the Christian in the growth. This was around 1483. Then Satan sowed Ignatius Loyola, the Jesuits, and counter-reformation into the world about that same time. No sooner did God sow John Wesley into the world around 1703. Then Satan sowed deism, Voltaire, in 1694 with his agnosticism and sneering hatred of revealed religion and biting ridicule. And the deist, Thomas Paine, which we're familiar with Thomas Paine as writing during the revolution and was influenced what he wrote the pamphlet uh, during that time. Oh my goodness. It was a, yeah, I can't recall. Uh, it's yeah. right off the tip of my tongue. But it was very influential in the founding of our country. But he was a deist. He, he was not a Christian. With his phrase, with his praise of the French Revolution, his, his appeal to England to throw their, off their monarchy, both launched an uncompromising, ignorant, and daring attack on the Bible, and both were Satan's terrors. 
So you got um, Martin, you got John Wesley in 1703, and then here comes Thomas Paine in 1737 to combat, to kind of balance. You know, every time God sends uh, a spiritual person to have a revival or an influence, here comes Satan to get in somebody else's head to have just as equal maybe an influence in, the, in, in his will. No sooner did God so C.H. Spurgeon, one of my favorite persons to read. I have all, a bunch of his sermons. In 1834, D.L. Moody, 1837. Then Satan sowed another crop of tares, Robert Ingersoll with his oratory and a bitter hatred of Christianity. Joseph Smith, 1805, the founder of the Mormon religion, right? And even the more formidable Brigham Young in 1801 and the Mormon cult. Charles Russell in 1852 and the Jehovah's Witnesses. Mary Baker Eddy in 1821 and so-called Christian science. All around the same time, you had Charles Spurgeon with this great influence that he had. No sooner did God plow up, plow up the field and sow into the world the modern missionary movement pioneered by men like William Carey, 1761, often called the father of modern missions. Burma uh, fame, David Livingston in 1813, Hudson Taylor, 1832. Then Satan sowed another crop of false prophets, Karl Marx during that same time, 1818 who teaching sprawled Soviet and Chinese communism which kept millions in atheistic darkness. Sigmund Freud in 1856. Motivated by a bitter hatred of Christianity calling religious the neurosis of humanity. Bertrand Russell, a pacifist with radical views on religion and morals. H.G. Wells, we often know him from a lot of his uh, books whose vitriolic hatred of God and Christianity was coupled with great ability and success as an author. So you see this, and then he goes on. I'll give one more example. God sowed Billy Graham into the world, giving him audiences beyond all those of history, along with the ears of kings and world leaders. At about the same time, uh, an example... Uh, a uh, counterfeit counter religious movement arose once infiltrated with the Holy Spirit careless of if not hostile to sound doctrine and marked by outrageous forms of excess there was a television evangelist uh, deal from Toronto I guess uh, called the Toronto blessing where TV evangelist and exemplified by by uh, People under the influence of either mass hysteria or evil spirits began to vent demonic laughter and barked like dogs in the name of the Holy Spirit. And then lastly, the enemy moves from one target to the other. And today we see attacks on the Word of God, right? Consider the so-called higher criticism of past generation and what is taught as truth in many seminaries. Consider, too, in our daily the bewildering assortment of new Bible versions. So many, it's almost impossible for those who use them to determine the true Word of God. Pastor and I were joking up front a couple weeks ago. It was after the candlelight service, because uh, it was, uh, which was neat. The first time we'd done that. 
but we, uh, some of us men were going up front before services that day to kind of figure out how we were going to do it, and nobody had a plan. And I, it starts in five minutes, and I don't, now, me, I'm stressing. That's not how I play ball. I got to have a plan, and I got to think about the plan, and we got burning candles here. I think Pastor could see it on my face that I'm like, oh, yeah, nothing's, this will go off without a hitch. Yeah. And, you know, we're like, we're figuring it out as we go. And then, so we get through it, and it was beautiful, and we had no problems. But the next week, I was kind of teasing Pastor. I said, man, you were just full of surprises lately. Last year or so, you're doing all kinds of stuff that you've said we never would do. <laughs> Central Baptist Church. We got to school. You're doing a candlelight service. I remember him talking about it. You know, I don't get wax on the floors or burn something. I mean, I said, you're just full of surprises. And he goes, on that topic, next week, we're instituting a new Bible version. And I said, well, I don't know if you've heard, but yet on that topic, we're also getting a new pastor. <laughs> and he looked at me, he goes, okay, broad answer, but okay. <laughs> That's a big deal. Huh? It was a straight up threat. But, but you know, that's a big deal. Uh, I, th I think too many churches are letting that become oh, based off your comfort level with Scripture. You bring, you know, read whatever you want, whatever. You know. And I hear pastors say, "Well, I heard one in particular tell me like when I asked him, a Baptist pastor, I'm like, why don't you use the King James?' He goes, oh, I love the King James. I love the poetry of it. Is what he said." But the congregation wouldn't understand it. Well, why don't you teach them? <laughs> That's what I thought through my head. It sounds like Catholics uh, saying, you know, you shouldn't read it because it, you wouldn't understand it. Here, let me just tell you what it means. Um, it blew my mind away. But in my view, a lot of these other... Um, Versions are are come from evil intentions. Remember, if it teaches anything other than the truth, then it's of Satan. And it changes words. It, it takes away the deity of, of Christ, or, or the you know, it, it makes God into something that He's not, and just to kind of make people feel more comfortable. This isn't necessarily the end. Yeah, the end and the purpose is to, to, to spend eternity in heaven and have that glory and comfort, right? But the process isn't always comfortable. Ann, yes, sir. A lot of those people that want a more comfortable version haven't quite arrived yet either. Well, I don't think any of us have arrived, right? We're all growing. That was a but. Yeah, um, but I'm going a little further with that, and I think John's going further with that today for us in saying a lot of the people that are for those other versions are Satan-influenced. I mean, that's tough talk. 
tough talk. I don't know. I've, I've mentioned it. I take our Sunday school class and I, I put it up on a podcast if you know for those that might miss a class to read it. Um, uh, as of right now, there's like 16,000 some downloads. Uh, we got a new country, Turkey. There's like three listeners in Turkey now, which is kind of cool, I think. So uh, understand that the influence of this class is uh, going overseas into Islamic countries. That's kind of cool. So I, I hope one day when we get to heaven, there's going to be some... We're going to find out exactly what the influence that this class has had to people we may have never met. And there's going to maybe be some folks that listen to this, even in this country today. It, I, we, we may lose some people. I hope we gain some folks. But that's, but that's the truth. If, if therefore some of these versions, they're influenced by Satan... They're pulling people away from the, the Word of God. And, and if they can water it down, if they can give you a false feeling on it, then they're, they're pulling you away from the truth. Pulling you away from the truth. Revisionist. Hmm? Revisionist. Absolutely. Uh, why, you know, Pastor said this, but why come up with a new version? I mean, honestly, why? It's about money. It becomes about money. Because if I have a new version now, you can't copyright the King James Version. You can't. But if I change a little bit, now I can actually copyright that version. And I can make money on it. Does that sound like God-influenced? When God said, you shouldn't change one aspect of my word... Uh, verse 2, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. What he's saying is, how do you know if the person you're listening to or being influenced by is of God? Well, John has kind of spent the last three chapters giving us um, assurance about our faith, saying, are you doing these things, A, B, C, D, obedience? Are you loving your brethren? Um, you follow in God's commandments. If you're doing those things, then you're of God, right? And now he's telling us the person that's listening to you or you're being influenced by, try those spirits, ask them questions, pray about them, and listen carefully. Listen carefully. Uh, do they deny that Jesus... Christ is come in the flesh and is of God. Because if you deny that one thing, everything else. If he didn't, if he wasn't born of a virgin, then everything else is for naught. Because if he was born of a natural process between man, then he's not God. So if he wasn't born of a virgin, then right there. So that's the perfect spot to start attacking. And many teachers, many preachers will kind of water Christ down to, well, he was just a really good public speaker uh, or a very influential teacher. Um, and they don't take it so far to say he was God. And that right there is the first attack point that you should know I'm not just listening to somebody who 
has it wrong. I'm listening to somebody who's Satan influenced. Randy, how many people have died and come back? That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but if you didn't, if you deny that he was even born, then that didn't happen, right? So, I mean, that's in John tells us that's like the main point, the incarnation. If that did not occur, so listen, listen to those spirits, try them. But if they it confesses that Jesus Christ is come and is of God, then that is a spirit of God. Verse 3, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, just what we said. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, just what I said. If they're teaching anything other than Christ was born of a virgin and is of God and is God, they're Antichrists and they're influenced by Satan. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Verse 4, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because, and you know, if you underline in your Bible, this is probably a part you've underlined. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Who's he referring to? The Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in you to help you discern. If you want to take these... Uh, six verses and, and put a word to it it's discernment help you discern whether some teaching whether some preaching or whether some person whether this book you're reading is of God or is it of Satan those couple of books you were sending brother Mark and I which one are they those were of Satan thanks Ken trying to influence me to buy these books Uh, and I'll just admit, one of them was from the Pope, and another one was from Joel Osteen. Ken's like sending it to Brother Mark and I. Hey, found a couple of books for you guys. No. Yeah. We had the Holy Spirit to guide us there. So it's not all on us to get all the education. If we're just close to God, we're praying to Him, we're in His Word. We're indwelled, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, then we'll be able to discern those folks. Verse 5 They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. The world loves them. Boy, they draw some crowds, don't they, some of these folks? And it just breaks my heart every time I watch a glimpse of one of these services and there's 40,000 people there eating it up. Lights flashing and music. It's a Broadway show. And these people are going to hell for it. It legitimizes their own thing. If, yeah. Um, because they're being drawn in by it. And Satan is just sitting back. You know, people want spiritual things, whether they admit it or not. So they're drawn to something, and Satan has figured out how to draw them in using worldly feelings and the emotions and the uh, Broadway and you know Hollywood type atmospheres. Yeah, I mean, if you come here with, uh, looking for to be uh, 
entertained. It ain't the place. It's not the place. Now, for me, I'm not entertained by it, but I'm intrigued. I I enjoy being here. It's not that I'm not entertained, but that's not what I'm seeking out of out of it, right? Because children of of God, they're going to be drawn to preaching. They're going to be drawn to spiritual music, which is hard to find. Spiritual music. And then verse 6, John finishes with saying, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. It's two spirits. Truth, error. God, Satan. And, you know, I think we got to be more comfortable calling it what it is sometimes. It's not to be toyed with. Not to be toyed with. I think we, uh, because we don't give it the significance that it really deserves, you're tempted to play around with it a little bit. You know, if somebody invites you, some well, okay, yeah, we'll come with you. I'll, I'm going to go with them because I'm going to try to influence them into my church. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Same reason we don't do uh, outreach at the bar, right? <laughs> That's a dangerous place to do outreach. You know, we can find other ways. You know, don't get drawn into that, that lifestyle. I was grateful that the 26th, that Thursday, I was invited to a dinner for the uh, chamber uh, banquet this year. And it's always at the Marlin Mansion. There's always a free bar and all this stuff. I don't want to go to that. And our, our boss, well, we really want the whole thing there. Well, that's the night of our uh, banquet here. I got an out. You know, because I don't want to go. And I won't go, but this gave me a pretty good reason not to. But, yeah, he gave God gave me a way to kind of get out of that. And I'm grateful because it's dangerous. Uh, you think you can, well, no, I'm, I'm grounded. I can handle it. Really? Can you? Temptation is great. It can draw you in as soon as you let your guard down. And if you don't know that that is, a lot of those things are influenced by Satan. You really don't want, to, you know, the Bible teaches a lot about spiritual warfare. But you don't want to take Satan on one-on-one. Now, he ain't, greater is he that is in you than he is in the world, right? But why be foolish about it? Why be foolish about it? I think we spend too much time, a lot of Christian people spend too much time focused on uh, the bad spiritual world, Christians playing around with, you know, horoscopes and Ouija boards and all this crazy stuff. No, you shouldn't have, that shouldn't even be a part of it, vocabulary. I mean, you see that kind of stuff going on somewhere, Phew, see you later. Uh, yeah, it, I was really drawn in with uh, John's uh, verses this week as he kind of went into this and really uh, convicted on calling it what it is. Because I don't, I, I think here at Central we do, 
but I don't think the world really understands the significance of some of this. I mean, if right now, if you put, if we all put on Facebook, uh, Pope and Joel Osteen are of Satan. <laughs> yeah, right. Is it true? Yeah. What kind of reaction are you gonna get? Yeah, probably so. I mean, it, it's it's 100% true. I believe it based on Scripture. But the world don't want to hear it, and they will fight you. That's, that's another key of somebody who is doing false teaching or is and is of bad spirits. We challenge you, and I'll try to finish up. We challenge you to take what we say or I say or preacher says and, and look. I've had some of you lately do that um, with some of the teaching. That's cool. I, I love that. I challenge you. Get it in Scripture. Study it out. But somebody of false teaching, if you do that, oh, they're going to raise. They're going to raise their voice. They're going to get all over you, aren't they? So you put something like that on Facebook. Here it comes. Okay. That just confirmed what I said then. That's one of those signs. So, Good study. I, I encourage you to pray on that a little bit more. Uh, study this out a little bit more because this is something that as we enter the end times, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. There's going to be more negative influence out there. And the only thing that, that uh, preserves is... is, is uh, this this thread, this thread, the church. You know, we got to continue to be a positive influence, speaking the truth of God for the younger generations to keep this going until Christ comes. Right. All right. Can you want to release us in prayer? We'll go down for services. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this day. What a pleasure it is always to be in your.